Thank you so much for joining us for today's podcast. We'll get started in just a moment. If this is your first time here, please consider subscribing so that you may stay up to date with the latest podcast. And if our podcast brings value to your life, please consider sharing it with family and friends. Thanks for listening. And now here's today's podcast. Thanks for joining us for the Covenant Living Broadcast with Pastor John Butler of Covenant Life Church, located at 130 Atlantic Avenue in Bremen, Georgia. 2 Peter 1 and 3, it says this, By His divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. We have received all of this by coming to know Him, the one who called us to Himself by means of His marvelous glory and excellence. We have everything we need by His divine power. Let's look at Colossians chapter 2 and verse 10. So you also are complete through your union with Christ who is the head over every ruler and authority. Father, would you just anoint the, the reading and the hearing preaching and the teaching of your word today and most importantly God would you would you help us to be not just hearers of your word but doers may we take this today this information that you give us through your word and God may we be inspired to put it into practice in our lives to receive it by faith and to walk it out trusting and believing in you all the way in Jesus name amen amen so Jesus said we must be born again, right? We have to be reborn in him. And when we are reborn, it gives us an identity that we can't get anywhere else. If you're looking for a way to define yourself, you will find it in Christ like in no other place. No amount of self-help, no other religion is going to define you in the way that Jesus defines us because Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. He is the only way to get to the Father. So there must be something pretty incredible, something pretty exclusive about living a life in relationship with Jesus Christ. And so that's why for the last, I guess this week is the seventh week, uh, we have explored our reborn identity, which is the name of the series that we're going to be finishing up today, our reborn identity. Now, when we, uh, when we, we began this series, um, I used an illustration, and I want, to, I want to bring that back up in just a second. But I want you to remember that all of the things that we've talked about in this series, all of the, all of the uh, declarations that we've made help us to understand who we are in Christ. Once we are truly born again, we can build our lives around these declarations that are, that are foundational, indisputable truths because this is the word of God. And God said that heaven and earth would pass away, but his word would remain forever. And so that's why it's important that you build your identity not on worldly things, not on people's opinions of you because they change and they shift but your identity should be built on something that's far more eternal than that, something that'll last forever, and that is the Word of God. Our reborn identity is found solely and completely in our relationship with our Savior and Lord and Master, Jesus Christ. Now, let's flash back to the illustration that I used at the very beginning 
that I told you I thought would make a good movie. I am sad to say I have not been contacted by any production companies to buy the rights for this story. I'm confused by that, but nonetheless, we move forward. Uh, so th there's the synopsis again. Imagine that there's a man who out of the blue is called to an attorney's office, doesn't know what it's about, but he's called to an attorney's office, and there he is told that he is the long-lost son and rightful heir uh, of a very wealthy man who has made him the sole uh, heir of his fortune and the holdings of this very wealthy man. And, and it, it, as a matter of fact, it turns out that he's been working in a factory that he now owns. And, and the, the whole concept of, the, of my movie would just see the, the changes that go through him and in his life as a result of his newfound identity as he learns to walk that out. Well, guess what? That's really sort of where all of us are at some level. We are, were completely different people when Jesus saved us, when we were born again. Do y all, do y all, is your memory good enough to remember the days before Jesus? Anybody? Y'all know Jesus? Y'all heard of Jesus? <laughs> Testing one. Are we in the right, we in the right place? Yeah. You were a different person before you met Jesus, right? When we, were, when we were born again. So it was so different, in fact, that the Bible says old things, they all passed away and all things became new when we were born again. So when you go from factory worker to factory owner in an instant, you better believe all things become new in your life. But in the moment after we surrender to Jesus, we begin this journey of walking out our relationship with him along with all of our new rights and responsibilities as believers. And what most people discover is that they get intimidated and overwhelmed. Many people just sort of shut down because they can't wrap their minds around what it means to be children of God and how to walk it out. And so today, I want to give you the final declaration that I hope you will receive and practice and declare by faith. I want you to, I want you to really believe this today, but it might stretch some of you, all right? So here's the declaration, I am ready. I am ready. Can you say that over yourself in faith, that I am ready? Do you believe that? Because, it, because you are. You're ready. Not I will be ready or I hope to be ready at some point in the future or I'm working on getting ready that I am currently, present tense, ready. Ready for what? Ready for living the life that Jesus died to save me for. Remember, we weren't just saved from something. We were saved to something. He wants us to live out this reborn identity. The scripture that we just read Jesus has given us, it says Jesus has given us everything we need for living a godly life. Everything. We have everything we need to live out the life he's called us to. Paul said in Colossians that we are complete, that we don't lack anything. All of that adds up to this declaration that I am ready. So here's the question of the day, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? It's time for every child of God, for every born-again believer to get up and do what God has called us to do. Now, when you walk into a new position like we do when we're born again, you, you need two things in order to be ready to serve. 
You need power and you need authority. You need power and you need authority. Those, those two things work hand in hand, but they're not the same thing. So I want us to explore those two concepts uh, with the last two declarations that support this idea that, that we are ready in our reborn identity. Here's the first thing, and it's gonna, it's, you, I'm going to have to explain this to you because this doesn't sound like power or authority. The first thing is from Ephesians 4 and 30, I am sealed. Did y'all hear the voice of God there? It, I am sealed, okay? Ephesians 4 and 30, let's read that together. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live, Remember, he has identified you or sealed you as his own, guaranteeing that you will be saved on the day of redemption. He has sealed you. If you, if you read the version that I was supposed to have asked them to put up, uh, it will say you have been sealed until the day of redemption. And, and who sealed us? The Holy Spirit did. Now, the original word sealed refers to this idea of a signet ring. Okay, a signet ring. Their official documents back in the day would have been rolled or folded and then wax from a candle would have been melted onto the seam to make sure it's sealed. The king then would use his signet, his signet ring, press it into the hot wax, and when the, the recipients saw the coat of arms or whatever was on the ring, they would know that it was official. They would know this was from him. When they saw that seal, people would say, yep, that's from the king. So when you hear sealed, I want you to think marked. I want you to think stamped. I want you to think official branding. It's like the signature on the, on the Cabbage Patch dolls, right? That's the way you know, that's the way you know it was real. It's, it's like the burned-in stamp of a, of a real wooden Louisville slugger. You know that's the real deal. Man, I am so old. Um, it's like the, stri the stripes on Adidas or the swoosh on Nike, okay? Is that right? And they have to go in the right direction, too, or otherwise it's, it's, a, it's a knockoff, all right? That being sealed is God's way of saying, this one's mine. This is the real deal right here. This one is genuine. He, she's, she's one of mine. He, I've placed in him or I've placed in her everything they need to live this life that I'm called them to live. All the power is there. This one's ready, factory equipped to do what the king calls them to do. All right? So, so you say, well, that's fine, John, but, so I've been sealed. But how does that mean I'm ready? Where is this power that you're talking about? Because I can't seem to get my act together. I'm having a hard time breaking old habits or I'm having a hard time living the life that's pleasing to Christ. So I know you say I'm ready, but I don't feel ready. And I look in the spiritual mirror, I don't look ready. So listen, you're not the only one who feels that way. I think every, everybody does in one season or other of our lives. As a matter of fact, the passage that we just read in Ephesians, Ephesians 4, the entire book or the entire uh, chapter is a conversation about just that kind of stuff. Many of the Ephesians were in the same boat. They were having a hard time breaking the old life. They truly loved Jesus. They were truly saved. But there was so much sin in their lives 
that they were not being effective as effective as they should have been. They were lying. They were stealing. They were cussing. They were gossiping. They, had, they were overwhelmed by anger and bitterness and rage and unforgiveness. All kinds of problems that would hurt their witness as believers. And right in the middle of that conversation comes verse 30. And I want you to notice not only that we're sealed, but by whom? Ephesians 4 and verse 30 says that we are sealed by the Holy Spirit. We're sealed by the Holy Spirit. See that, so we're sealed with power. Sealed with the Holy Spirit of God. Jesus was God with us, right? Emmanuel. The Holy Spirit is God in us. Paul is telling the Ephesians, look, y'all, you've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. You have the power to stop all this mess, not on your own, but as you submit yourself to the Holy Spirit. Don't grieve him. Don't push him away. Don't ignore him. Listen to what he says, when he says it, and see if you don't see things begin to change in your life. When you get born again, God places his Holy Spirit in you to make you ready to fulfill your new identity. That's good news. You say, well, listen, I know enough about Jesus to know that if I'm going to represent him, I'm going to have to love people. He said we would be known by our love. And right now, I don't even like people, right? Much less love people. Let me show you Romans chapter 5 and verse 5. Romans 5 and verse 5. And this hope will not lead to disappointment because we know how dearly God loves us because he's given us the Holy Spirit to fill our hearts with the love of God. You get the power to love people through the Holy Spirit by whom you've been sealed. Okay? You say, well, I also know that we have to witness as believers, and I have no idea how to talk to people about Jesus. Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you will be my witnesses, telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. The Holy Spirit gives you the power to be witnesses, not just to learn how to witness. It's not an academic exercise. It's not just something you memorize. It's as much spiritual discernment as anything. The Holy Spirit will give you the words and the timing to have a spiritual conversation with the right person at the right time. Jesus said, out of your belly will flow rivers of living water, right? It just comes out you like a river when you learn to operate in cooperation with the Spirit whose power is in you. So you are ready to walk in your new identity because you've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. You have resurrection power living inside of you. So don't say you don't have the power. Don't say you don't have the ability to do what God has called you to do. Don't say you don't have the power to live right. He's given you everything you need to live a godly life. He gave you that power when he sealed you with his Holy Spirit. The word says, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So because you have been sealed, you can say, I am ready for what God has for me. Amen? So he's given you power through the Holy Spirit. Power to be witnesses, power to produce fruit, power to operate the gifts. But I want you to look at this. Matthew 28, verses 18 and 19. We read this all the time when we talk about mission because this was where Jesus gave us our mission. But I want you to see the verse before that. 
Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. All authority in heaven and on earth has, belongs to who? Belongs to Jesus. So we've been given his power, but we don't have the authority to use that power for our own purposes. He's not given you authority outside of his word and the will of God. In order to carry out your reborn identity, you need both power and authority. Power is the ability. Authority is the right to use it. So, so that brings us to the last declaration. Not only am I sealed, but I am seated. I am seated. Okay? Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 6. For he raised us from the dead along with Christ when, when we were born again and seated us with him in the heavenly realms because we're united with Christ Jesus. Where is Jesus right now? Once he ascended from heaven to heaven from his time on earth, he's been at the right hand of the Father, right? What is the right hand of the Father? It's a position of authority. And where does this scripture say we've been seated? We've been seated with him. So wherever he is, that's where we are. We're seated in the place of authority with Jesus. So we're sealed by the Holy Spirit, which gives us power, and then we're seated with Jesus in heavenly places, which gives us authority. So we're good to go, right? We can just run out and do whatever we want to because we've been born again and now we have this divine power and authority, right? No, no. If you don't hear anything else, hear this. All of our power and authority comes from our cooperation with and submission to the will and the word of God, period. He does not give us power to use at our discretion. It's always about his kingdom come his will be done. Never about ours. We, we are ready to fulfill our reborn identity because we have his power and we have his authority. Now, power comes from operating in and under the Spirit of God. Authority comes from operating in and under the Word of God. We are seated with Jesus in his place of authority. But listen, Jesus is the Word of God. That's John chapter 1. Jesus is the Word. So we have no authority in Jesus if we try to do something outside the will and the Word of God. Okay? Does that make sense? And that's a key, that's a key principle to remember as you listen to other people uh, preach and teach. There's so many people talking now. You have to make sure that you know what the basic principles of the Word are. And if somebody starts to tell you that you have rights outside of the Word of God, that you have authority to do things outside of the Word of God, you need to stop listening to that person because you're going to get yourself in trouble. Because when you start to operate power outside of the authority of the Word of God, that's what Lucifer did. You're becoming more like Satan than you are like Christ. And that's a dangerous place to be. All right? So the, our authority comes from the Word of God. What did they say about Jesus when they heard him preach? They said, man, we've never heard anybody preach like this before. He teaches like one with authority. And what did Jesus say of himself? He said, I never said anything, I never did anything that I didn't hear the Father say or do. 
the authority of Jesus when he was here on this earth came from his submission to the will of the Father. And it's the same for us. Whatever he calls us to do, he gives us his power and his authority. And that's how we know we're ready. So when it comes to living out our reborn identity, the key is agreement. There's a spiritual principle called agreement. Agreement is spiritual power operated under spiritual authority. Agreement is spiritual power operated under spiritual authority. When we pray or we speak in alignment with the will and the word of God, through His Spirit, those words carry power and authority. When we pray in the Spirit, when we preach or teach or prophesy from the Word of God according to the Spirit, when we exhort, when we confess the Word of God and the Spirit, when we bind and loose according to God's Word, when we love and lead by the principles of truth, even when we give a cup of cold water, Jesus said, to somebody in agreement with what they're doing for the kingdom, then those words move mountains and those prayers bring provision into our lives. Those activities are never in vain because you always reap a harvest when they're in agreement with the Word of God and then they command the blessing of God. But when you do something outside of the Word of God, you have no authority. No matter what it feels like, no matter what it sounds like, no matter how enthusiastic you are about it, our authority comes from the Word of God. I heard, I, I saw a video the other day. I saw some people sharing it and were like, Are, can you believe this? And so I watched it and there was a church in California that was, that was speaking out against racism, which is great. And there's lots of things to say from the word of God about racism. That they could have quoted Jesus. They could have quoted Paul. They could have quoted a lot of, a lot of stuff from the word. Instead, they quoted uh, a movie. They, they quoted uh, Lord of the Rings and they beat a staff on the floor, and they said, you shall not pass. And, and, and it sounded like everybody in the crowd was kind of excited. It sounded like some people were excited, some people were confused, and they made this big show against racism, but they had no authority in quoting Gandalf. The, the authority comes from the Word of God. <laughs> so it, was, it made for good spectacle, I guess, but it carried no spiritual weight because the name Gandalf doesn't appear in the scripture. <laughs> All right? This is not a screenplay. It's, this is the real deal. So if we really want to speak out against racism or any other subject with authority, then we have to get our authority from the Word of God, no matter how good it feels or how good it sounds. All right? Paul said, don't get deceived by, by, by high-sounding arguments and things that make sense if it's not founded in the Word of God. Okay? So, just like the man in the illustration that we, that we, uh, we talked about a few minutes ago, the will of the Father creates an identity for us that's mind-boggling. But, but, but that will also gives us all the power and all the authority that we need to carry out the will of the Father. You've been sealed and seated. You are ready to do what he's called you to do. If you will submit to the authority of Jesus and walk in the power of his spirit, you can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, which is the appropriate context for that coffee cup Christianity line. Okay? 
He, you can. It's not to go out and win the ball game. It's for you to do what God has called you to do. He's given you everything you need. So here's the question. What are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? You're a blood-bought, born-again child of God with all the power and all the authority that you need. You own the factory. So, like, why are we outside the fence? A lot of people say, well, I just don't know what I'm created to do. Well, can I answer your question with a question? What have you tried? Most people find out what they're supposed to do quite by accident. Or at least it seemed like an accident. But I've learned in my life that God uses our random to bring about His intentional. God uses our random to bring about His intentional. Sometimes people find out several things that they're not called to do (laughs) before they find out what they are called to do. And that's perfectly okay. Just start by doing what you're able to do and what you have the faith to do, and then God will show you what he's created you for. I got into pastoral ministry. I had been in music ministry before. I was traveling, singing with a southern gospel group. I got into pastoral ministry by driving the church van as a favor for the youth pastor. Listen, I didn't tell him I'd pray about it and then go on a three-day fast. He had a schedule conflict. He needed some help. He needed, kid, he needed people to drive the kids to Town Center Mall. I had a valid driver's license, a clear schedule, and I had never been to the mall before. And so I said, sure. Plus, he promised me a free meal at the Olive Garden, which I'd also never been to. I was pretty crunk about it. So I jumped in the van. I jumped in a 15-passenger van with 22 kids. And we meandered our way to Town Center Mall. You say, John, that doesn't sound real spiritual. Well, it's been almost 30 years of pastoral ministry. Feels pretty spiritual. Sometimes you don't recognize what you're made to do until you start to do it. Listen, let me, let me put it this way. You ever, had a, you ever had a good fitting pair of jeans? Like just, they were perfect. Like they were threadbare. They were holy, which makes them cooler now. But they were holy, but you just wouldn't get rid of them because they were perfect. You could, they were your go-to. They were your comfort. They, they, you could do anything in those jeans. Let me ask you this. How many pairs of jeans did you try on before you found those? A bunch. Y'all ever been blue jeans shopping? Is that not the most miserable experience of your life? Just because you try on a dozen pairs before you ever find the one. But listen, when you find the one, wasn't all that worth it? It was worth it. Listen, you're ready. You're ready. You have all the power and authority. I don't know where anybody is. Y'all come on and play. That's a desperate feeling when you're looking around and can't find anybody. Um, You've got all the power. You've got all the authority that you need to walk in the identity that Jesus gave you when you were born again. Stop making excuses. Just do something. (laughs) Just do anything. Try. That's a terrible thing for a pastor to say, isn't it? But sometimes you've got to get the ship moving before you can steer it in the right direction. Just try some things on. You, you don't need a degree. You don't need a dream, a vision, and three confirmations to just say yes to something you can do. Just be available. 
your reborn identity will find you if you'll just start walking. You're ready and you're able, but are you willing? Are you willing? I want to close with this. I woke up with this on my heart this morning. I have not been able to verify this uh, because I haven't had time. But this is the only time that I remember Jesus offering a prayer request. And I want to read it to you in Luke chapter 10 and verse 2. These were his instructions to them. The harvest is great. The workers are few. So pray to the Lord who's in charge of the harvest and ask him to send more workers into his fields. Jesus said, I got a prayer request for you. Talk to the Father and ask him to send help. Ask him to send help. We Listen, we were created. We were reborn not only to be prayer partners with Jesus on this and just pray because he asked us to, we are answers to his prayer. Because listen, here's the whole series. Here's the whole series in one long run-on sentence. You are saved, chosen, redeemed, rescued, transferred, resurrected, forgiven, justified, sanctified, glorified, loved, disciplined, defended, adopted, set free, given a new kingdom mindset, sealed with power, seated in authority. There is absolutely no excuse for any of us not to get involved in the work of the kingdom, not to give Jesus everything, not to be engaged and enthused about souls and discipleship, rescuing people from hell and teaching people who they are in Christ. That's what he's about and that's what he created us for and that is our reborn identity. Why don't you stand with me this morning? So listen, I can't think of a better, a better thing to pray for than the thing Jesus said to pray for. This whole thing, this whole series was about us knowing who we are. Because I see a church, the big C church, the body of Christ in the, in the, uh, in, in the nation. And, and honestly, an awful lot of it applies to so many of us here at Covenant Life. I see so many people who truly do love Jesus, but they have no idea what they've been called to do, no idea what they've been empowered to do, no idea what they have the authority to do if we'll just step up, know who we are, and walk in what Jesus said about us. And that's what I want to see. I want to see people stand up, square their shoulders, and just walk forward in faith to do what God has called us to do, to, to, just, to just take the ministry of the open door. Like when you come to the door that's open and it's something that God is, is pleased with, then walk through it. Pray. I, I, that's my constant prayer in life is God, says, open the doors that I'm supposed to walk through. Close the doors that I'm not supposed to walk through. The Word says in Revelation, he, can, he opens doors that no man can shut. And He shuts doors that no man can open. So that's, how do you know the will of God for your life, John? Most of the time, open doors. 
Open doors and peace. That's how I know what God's calling me to do. And I would encourage you to take a step of faith. Just do the next right thing. And if it's wrong and he shuts the door, then go try another door. But if it's open, then keep walking through. So I'm going to pray that God will send us, raise us up as laborers and send us into his harvest. And that might mean serving and making disciples here in the church. It might mean going and just being a witness everywhere else you go. There's a lot of different ways to serve. But until we're open to doing it, we're not going to see them. Jesus needed help. And he asked us to pray for it and asked us to be the answer. You can do it. You're ready. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you for what you say about us. And Lord, it's not just words on a page. This is the truth. It's the truth. This is eternal truth from the lips of God. And I pray, Lord, that you would help us to receive it as such, that we would quit arguing about it. We'd quit pushing back. We'd quit saying, but God, and, and just say yes. Just say yes. Lord, I pray that you would, because you instructed us to pray, I pray that you would send laborers, raise up laborers, Lord, and send them into the harvest because there are people who are dying, people who are searching for truth, people who are searching for a relationship with you. They may not know it as such, but they're searching for a relationship with you, and we can lead them there if we'll just go. I pray, Lord, that you would raise us up and send us into your harvest, real and relational, and reaching to those who are reaching for you. Lord, I just pray that you'd help us to walk in the, in the power and the authority that you've given us. We're ready, Lord. Just help us to see the open doors that are in front of us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. We pray that you have been blessed and inspired by today's Covenant Living broadcast. To find out more information about our ministry, just visit our website at www.covenantlifewestga.org. You can find this video there on our homepage. Just click the YouTube button and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. And give us a call at 770-537-3747. That's 770-537-3747. At Covenant Life, our mission is to go and make disciples by being real, relational, and reaching. Be sure to join us next week for more Covenant Living with Pastor John Butler.